Now in year number six, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Everybody sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I do hope you'll share it with your friends and family. Cheers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 311 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, company from Sandusky, Ohio. I appreciate you giving this episode in a listen. In just a moment, I am going to sit down for my next preview for 2024 and the AFL season with uh, a gentleman I've not spoken with before, and I'm really, really interested in sitting down to chat with him because we have some mutual interests, of course, footy, but then also he... Uh, as a mad Hawthorne supporter, no, I'm not, but uh, he's also a mad NFL supporter and does a Chicago Bears-based podcast called The Bear Down Under, and I'm going to be sitting down with Ozzy from that podcast here in just a moment to preview Hawthorne, also to talk a little bit of NFL, um, the Bears in particular. Now, don't forget, folks, if you're interested in having your local footy club getting a shout-out during an upcoming episode, or if you have a great idea for uh, an episode or a, a great guest that you think would be wonderful to talk to. I absolutely love engaging with uh, people in all aspects of the game from the highest levels, which I've had the opportunity to do all the way down to local footy clubs. I love telling those stories. Please reach out to me over my website, uh, yankofthefooty.com, or reach out to me uh, by email, yankofthefootygmail.com. You can leave me a message over on my website as well. We'll talk more about that after we close up here, but uh, everything for the podcast is there. Links to all my socials at yank underscore on on X or Twitter, uh, a yank on the footy podcast on Facebook, a yank on the footy on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Just search my name, Craig Wessels. Give me a follow there. I hope you'll share the episode with your friends and family. And uh, if you enjoy the show, I hope you'll give me a review, hopefully a five star telling me how much you like it, uh, hopefully encouraging other people to check the show out as well. Now, today's club of the episode are the Western Rams of the Riddell District Football League. And the club was previously known as the Rock Bank Rams, and they've been around since 1920. Now, they, they did stop play for a period of time, I believe in the 1970s, but I couldn't find an exact date. But they'd won seven premierships during that time. And the club was reconstituted back in 1992. And not that long ago, they transitioned their name from the Rock Bank Rams to the Western Rams. They're on the western side of Melbourne. Um, they play their games at the Ian Cowie Recreation Reserve. Now, Ben Haynes, who played 26 games between the Tigers and the Bombers between 2000 and 2005, uh, played with uh, Rock Bank. He went on to win a Best and Ferris with West Adelaide in 2006. And the club is preparing for the 2024 season, and I wish them all the best as they get ready uh, and push towards a successful season. So best of luck, Rams. I hope you have a phenomenal year. So let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Ozzy from the Bear, the Bear Down Under podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for, I believe, our 14th preview of 2024, and I am thrilled to be joined by somebody I just met a few moments ago. We've had a nice little talk off air before we got started here, and uh, he is an Australian who is a, a mad footy fan, but he is also a uh, a fan of one NFL club in particular as well, and you'll know who they are in just a moment. I'm thrilled to welcome Ozzy from the Bear Down Under podcast. Ozzy, how are you doing today, sir? I'm well, thanks, Craig. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Absolutely. My pleasure. I, I'm glad that, uh, you know, your information was shared with me. It's, uh, it's, 
it's fun to be able to talk with, you know, different people every time I do, you know, do this. And I, and some of them I've, I've had repeat, you know, guests doing previews, but when I get to talk with new people who have different perspectives and different ideas on things, it's, it's really, it's really awesome. Cause you know, I had, I've had the folks from talking Hawks on in the past and, you know, I remember a couple of years ago when we, when I first did the previews, they, their, their big thing was green shoots. They wanted to see the shoots growing that the club was going to start coming back. And, uh, and uh, you know, this is a club that has, I think, I don't think they've bought necessarily had to bottom out, but they've certainly begun to, to jettison you know, the, the, the previous regime, if you will, to start to build for the future, you know, with, uh, you know, um, with having, uh, you know, a number of new players coming in, having, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the club just get themselves back to where they're, you know, going to be that juggernaut that they've been. And, and, you know, we'll talk about whether or not Sam Mitchell's the right guy, how he's doing so far, but, uh, yeah, you know, let's take a look back, you know, on 2023, you know, as we reflect on that, what were, what was your takeaway for 2023 before we dive into 24? Yeah, holistically, I think every Hawks fan knew that it was going to be uh, a tough year in terms of wins and losses. I think at the end of the season, from, from where we started, I think we lost the first eight of the first nine games. It was a a little bit concerning for for many Hawks fans, but I think the way that the Hawks continued on in the uh, as as the season went on, uh, the the way that players developed and and just the game plan that Sam Mitchell's trying to implement, I think the players are buying into it, and just that growth for each of the each of the uh, the young players that are coming through the side, and and to see the development, particularly of Will Day, he had a tremendous year probably developing a bit quicker than what we expected. But, um, yeah, I think this well, the 23 season was all about the development of some of those young players. And uh, certainly as a Hawthorne supporter, you could be more happier with the way that those players have come on. Yeah, and and it would just be nice if they were, and, and, you know, we're going to get into this, of course, you know, that they could keep themselves out on the track instead of, you know, divesting themselves from participating in, you know, a good chunk of this season or the entire season, as the case may be. Um, you know, you, you had, you know, a number of players, you know, who left, um, you know, Kashitsky goes to Richmond, you know, Brockman of the Eagles, Lockie Bramble goes to the Bulldogs. You, know, you, you delisted several people, you know, and I, and I, I was, and I probably don't know enough about him, but just, you know, looking at the games from last year, you know, you know, Fergus Green was, you know, one of your leading goal kickers last year and, you know, he ends up getting delisted. Uh, and it's, you know, and I, I, I don't know specifically the reasons behind that, but I'm thinking if you, if you got a guy who was, you know, you know, several times last year was putting up two or three goals a game, those don't grow on trees very well. You know, so I, I wonder, you know, was he somebody that you thought, okay, why are we getting rid of him? I was a little bit surprised. Uh, Fergus Green had done it. You know, his journey to the AFL and into Hawthorne sort of came through our reserves team at Box Hill and he worked really hard and took the opportunities that he got with with Hawthorne in 2023. But I think, unfortunately, he's been a, a casualty of of Jack Ginevan coming into the side. Good point. And also Good point. The drafting of, yeah, of Nick Watson. So I think 
particularly with those two players, Jack and Nick, I, I think that probably squeezed um, squeezed him out, which which is unfortunate. But I think for for what we lost to what we've gained, I, I think uh, the the Hawthorne forward line is going to cause um, a few headaches for a lot of teams this season. And that's that's going to be a and, and that's going to be important because this is a club that with the key injury that they just had recently, this is a club that you know if they're going to win some games, they might have to win some. 115 to 106, 121 to 111 games because they they're they may be getting scored upon and they need to be able to put the ball between the sticks themselves. That's exactly right, and and I think Hawthorne really needs to be scoring over 100 points um, on a on a regular basis. And I think with the additions of Jack Inovan um, and Nick Watson, um, as well as players like maybe a child who can go yeah, forward, yeah, yeah I, I think our forward line um, really needs to perform, particularly with. Some of the uh, the injuries that we've had, uh, I think covering, I guess, what's going to happen in, in our defensive side of the game, I think uh, we're, we're really going to have to put some big scores on the board to compete with some of those teams that uh, that are high scoring as well. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a club that is, like you said, is going to have to figure out how to keep other clubs off the scoreboard with, you know, somebody who they were really counting on is, is in many ways being one of the key guys in the defensive structure who they lost in James Blank. And it's going to be, you know, you know, how do you replace him? And I, and I, I, you know, it, you wonder, you know, in the long run, as the club is building towards, and we'll get it, we'll get into talking about when you, you know, expect this club to be competing for a spot in the eight, maybe it's this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, is the, you know, is his absence in a roundabout way still a, a somewhat positive thing because it's getting somebody, a youngster behind him, game experience that they otherwise would not get, which might help them uncover somebody who could become a key part of that defensive structure in 2025 and 26 when Blank comes back healthy as well. Yeah, look, I think Sam Frost will probably come back into the side. Um, I think James Blank was probably keeping him perhaps on the bench, but I think with uh, with that injury to Blank, mm-hmm. I think Frost comes in. Um, unfortunately, it, it probably has James Sisley playing more of a man on man role. He'll he won't be able to sort of play that third man up loose in defence, which 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 is a shame because he he can gather a lot of footy when he's playing that role. But I think it's just going to be changing up some of those structures in, in the back line and, and perhaps, as I said, James Sicily playing a bit more of an, an accountable uh, defensive role. Well, the nice thing about Frost is, you know, that's somebody who's, you know, played over 150 games in his career. So, I think, you know, there's somebody who's got a ton of experience, you know. Yeah, that's Yeah, so yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great thing. It's Yeah. And, you know, looking it, at, you know, looking at the, uh, you know, the list, you know, you've got, you have, you know, four players who are, on the north side of 30 and that's it you know bruce gunston wingard and 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 frost you know sicily will be 30 in about 11 months after the season you know in january of next year so i mean this is a this is a club that is is a a young side you know you've got yeah i'm looking at it here just real quickly you got two four six eight ten twelve you got 13 players who have played seven games or fewer at the at the senior level um you know, so there's there are opportunities for you know this club to uh, to grow 
and and I and I think you know, full disclosure, this is one that I this is a club that I was contemplating being my my smoky to climb into the eight this year. And I, and I don't know how much the you know the the injury to to blank and CJ being out now for probably the first two months is going to impact that. But I mean that those are a couple big blows to, um, you know to it you know to a defensive structure that that can you know ill afford to have players of their caliber out. That's true, and and I think CJ is a, a massive loss. I think a lot of Hawthorne supporters were were really looking forward to seeing him come back in the side and. Certainly, if uh, if you and I caught up this time last week, I think my prospects for us to finish in the top eight were probably going to be a bit stronger. Mm-hmm. I think finishing in the top eight would be our absolute ceiling. I, I think our sweet spot is probably somewhere between 10 and 16th. I'd be a little bit disappointed if we finished 15th to 16th, but I really think, yeah, anywhere sort of between 10 and 14 would, would be a fantastic season, and I think a lot of supporters would be pretty happy with that outcome. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, and it goes back to what I mentioned to you before, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the whole idea about the, the, the green shoots. I mean, this is a club that, you know, the, those, those players that are, you know, the, the North side of 30, when this club plays finals again, consistently, they may not be on the list. They may be helping to set the table for the, the next generation of Hawks to come through here and, and, you know, start, you know, racking up, you know, back-to-back premierships like they have done in the past. Um, although, you know, you're, you're doing it with a new senior coach and we'll, you know, we'll certainly talk about, you know, you know, Sam Mitchell and, and, you know, your, your thoughts on the job that he's doing thus far as well. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, you made a great point about the scoring with this club, you know, whether it be, uh, um, Mitch Lewis, yeah, Mitch Lewis, yeah, I've got I'm getting the name right there. Um, that you know, you've got a a lot of options in the forward structure, and and you know, bringing uh, Ginevan in, uh, you know, coming back to the club that he supported as a kid, you know, and to me, he's still he's still a kid. All these guys are kids to me. I'm 60 years old. Everybody, everybody <laughs> associated with the game, they're kids to me. I, you know, I. I, I just, I find it laughable that I'm I'm talking about somebody, well, they're, you know, asking about Scott Pendlebury, you know, well, he's 36 years old. Do you think he's going to be retiring? I'm thinking, hell, I don't even get to retire for another four and a half years yet. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, and I understand, you know, the, the idea that this is a game where, where you are, you are, you get old fast in this game. You know, the game is going to take its toll on you, but it's, you know, you, you've got, a nice group of young players who can put the ball into the goal. You know, I think bringing in uh, Bobby Archol was it was a a good thing for them as well. I think yeah, that that's a kid who, if he continues to fill out, um, you know, he's got sixty games in his in his uh, in his career under his belt. You know, with the, you know, with some pretty good experience that you're gonna you're going to as you said you yourself said it you know to put pressure on these clubs to. Uh, to figure out, well, where's, where's the goal going to be coming from? Where's the kick, the goal kicking going to be coming from? And it's going to be coming from anywhere and everywhere. You know, some clubs are really limited in terms of who, who can score the goals for them. You know, you guys have kind of a Hydra, if you will. And it's, and it's not the way the game used to be played. You know, if if you had a, if you had one full forward kicking a hundred goals a year, 
you were uh, seen as a team that was was pretty spoiled. Yeah. Uh, whereas now it's more about that even spread of goal kickers, and it, yeah. it obviously makes it harder for a defensive team to to be able to reduce that input from each player. But yeah, look, I think that that's going to be the one thing about Hawthorne this year that a lot of uh, a lot of opposing teams and, and supporters will probably see and perhaps be envious of is is just how strong that forward line will be and and those players that can sort of play up in the midfield but then can come down and kick goals as well. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how that forward line will structure this year and 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 how yeah guys like Jack Ginnivan will slot into the side. Yeah, it's it, you know you've got a you know you've got a great um a great group that are gonna I think you're gonna make this a uh a a fun club to watch. Um will they win enough to play finals? I don't know, but they're certainly going to make other clubs' lives miserable. And I think that they may find themselves being a, a club that uh, is going to take games away from other clubs that will keep them out of finals, even if they don't make finals themselves. I think I think they're going to be they're going to be some heartbreakers, if you will, uh, in in some instances. Um, you know, yeah, as, as you mentioned, you know, having that one big goal kicker, whether it's a, you know, a Jason Dunstall or a, you know, Plugger Lockett or a Gary Ablett senior, you know, that the guys who are, who are, you know, the ball is going to them and, and we'll go ahead and turn around and head back to the center square because they're putting it through and the bounce is going to be happening here in about, you know, 45 seconds because these guys are, you know, are that good at it. And, and we don't have to, you know, to worry too much more about, uh, you know, about getting it to anybody else. So, you know, you finished 14th last year. I know you said, you know, you thought you might be somewhere between, you know, nine and 16, you said nine and 16, but ideally, ideally you would love to, if at all possible, be at least 14th or better to show, to kind of show, you know, at least on paper, show some progress as well. I'd be pretty pleased with that, Craig. So, yeah, anywhere sort of from 10 to 12 wins, I think would be a, a great season. And um, just what we can sort of build on from last year is, you know, we, we Hawthorne beat Collingwood and Brisbane, so two of the grand finalists. So we've we've shown that we can match it against some of the better sides. Mm-hmm. So we, And I think that's probably a part of it as well is that it's just those X factors in Hawthorne that perhaps the the teams in the, the top eight Probably don't haven't done a lot of homework on, and 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 I think that's really what's going to be our um, our difference this year. So you know, looking at your senior coach, who you know had a bit of a health scare here a couple of months back here in the U.S. Yeah. Um, glad to see him back in Australia, and you know back in the thick of it there. But uh, are you pleased with his progress thus far? I, I really am. I, I was a little bit unsure of the the hire. I, I wasn't quite ready for Clarkson to to be finishing when he was finishing, and I think the the way that they sort of had Sam Mitchell come in under, under Clarkson, I don't think that was ever going to work either. Mm-hmm. But I, Sam's really grown on me as a as a coach. Loved him as a player. Love him as a person. And really, I think what he's shown is that he wasn't afraid to make some some tough decisions and really turn the list over and bring in some young talent and really start fresh. And I know that there was some criticism uh, at the beginning of last season that perhaps he'd sort of cut too deep into the roster. 
but I, I really think he's got the team going where he wants it to be going. The, the players are buying into to what he's selling. He's got that vision, and I think we're we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. And and I think what's what's also great about not just Sam, but I think it's also the the coaching staff that he's got around him. So he's he's just had Brett Ratton come back in as as a support person. Good, good. Uh, and, and he actually provided um, a lot of support to Sam while he was sick. So when training resumed in the new year, Brett Ratton took sort of the the, the reins, um, which which is great because he's he's got that experience. But I think also Andy Collins, who's had a lot of experience in VFL level. Um, okay. So I just think it's not just Sam. I think it's the coaching staff that he's got around him that's um, that's really got us heading in the right direction. I, you know, you mentioned Brett Ratner, and he's somebody I feel a little bad about. And this, we actually, I had this conversation with somebody else on one of the other previews about when he was dismissed at St. Kilda. That, mm. and I didn't realize this. And and you being, you know, you doing an NFL podcast, you know, and if if an NFL coach gets dismissed during during their contract. They get paid that contract. You know, Brett Ratton had signed a five-year deal with St. Kilda. I think it was five years. He'd signed a five-year deal with St. Kilda. Six months into it, they fire him. Yeah. And they only had to pay him another six months of that contract and basically get to tear up the last four years of it. I mean, I, I, and again, this, you know, this is not me trying to be the jerk of an American saying you need to do it our way. I'm not saying that at all, but I mean, that is just, you know, that. You look at something like that. If somebody signs a contract like that, you have to think that they made economic decisions about their life based upon that five-year contract, and all of a sudden, that rug's been pulled out from underneath them. You know, it's you know, I I, I understand that you know that 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 you know, and AFL clubs tend to hold on to senior coaches a little bit longer than NFL clubs do because you know billionaire owners tend to get a little more impatient than you know the the leadership group you know the uh uh the, the folks who have been you know given the task of of leading the club who are you know who are members themselves but you know are are not necessarily the owners they're the stewards the caretakers of the club and they they tend to have a little bit more patience but i felt horrible for him losing that spot and you know I was, you know and he you know he j- ended up jumping in you know, in, in North Melbourne last year and basically took over as a senior coach there. And now you said he's, you know, he's come in to your side and is, you know, has kind of stepped in in that leadership role as a senior coach while Sam Mitchell's getting healthy. I mean, it's great to have somebody with his skill set there, but I, I, you know, bottom line is, and I, and I understand St. Kilda wanting to bring back Ross Lyons, but man, I think he got screwed. <laughs> it's, it's ruthless, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. Well, I did, I did hear that podcast, Craig, and I actually didn't, I wasn't aware of that. That yeah, he wasn't getting paid out for the remaining um, period of his contract. Yeah. But I seem to also recall that when he left Carlton, that was under maybe not similar circumstances, uh-huh. but certainly, um, you know, he, his time was ended much sooner than perhaps what he wanted it to be. And um, I think the thing with Brett Ratton, he's a, he's a really good person. Yeah. Um, and you can see that in the way that he talks um, to, to the playing group. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, he he played a, an amazing role for Hawthorne during the three peat era as as a support to Alistair Clarkson and um, losing his son during that time as well um, to that horrible car accident. Um, I think he'll even though he never played for Hawthorne, I think Hawthorne supporters and 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 fans really um, feel that 
uh, that Rats is a part of the club and always will be. There, there right, seems right. to be a special connection with with Ratten, which I think is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, he's he, he's been great. I, I think he's a, a welcome addition to the, the coaching ranks, and I, I think that support and uh, advice that he's giving to to Sam um, is immeasurable. Yeah, because somebody at the, you know, one of the people that I spoke to had mentioned that the new like the new contract agreement that the coaches worked out with the league basically put that into place that that allowed the club to tear up the last however much time was remaining on that. And they were like, how did the coaches ever agree to that? No, right. Yeah. How did they, you know, how did, how did the coaches not go on strike, if you will, to say, no, 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 no. You sign us to a deal. You're going to pay us that deal. You know, and you know, if that, if that hits your soft cap or that takes, you know, you got to you know figure out some other way to, to finance it. And again, I, I, I know the dollars in the AFL are not the dollars in the, in the NFL because they're playing with monopoly money over there in the, in, in the NFL. You know, that, that's, it's, it's, it's crazy, stupid money there. Um, you know, it's, uh, but um, it's, it is a, you know, it's a club, you know, that it's the second youngest one in the comp, you know, you've got 26 players that have got less than 50 games of experience. You know, we talked about how many have only got seven games or less. Now I, I have to ask because they got a little bit older, you know, while it's nice, I think, while it's nice and nostalgic to bring Jack Gunston back to the side is it, is it is that more of a nostalgia thing, or did they bring him back because they really think he's going to be able to contribute, or is he going to be able to be somebody that's going to be a mentor to these younger players? I think it's probably a little bit of both, Craig. So okay. uh, I know that a lot of Hawthorne supporters were were really happy to see him come back, mm-hmm. uh, but just watching some of the footage from our intra club game uh, last week, just seeing Gunston giving direction and advice to the. To the young forwards, I, I think he's sort of playing that role as well. I think okay. between, uh, between him and Luke Bruce, I think that they're both sort of playing that senior leader role and mentor role to a lot of the younger guys. Um, I don't know whether Gunston has aspirations for coaching, but usually this is kind of the way it works, that uh, they'll bring a mature player to come back with a view then to transition into a coaching role or a support role once they finish up with footy. So... Perhaps that's where Jack, Jack Gunston wants his career to go after footy. But um, no, look, I think he's got a lot to offer. I, I don't know if he'll play. Uh, I mean, he'd probably be, like, be lucky to play 15 games, I would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps sort of playing between, uh, between Hawthorne and Box Hill. But but certainly as a leader, I think he's got a lot to offer. Yeah. And, you know, you, you one of the other players that you brought in this year is somebody who has had a a ton of potential and it's been a name, you know, one, one, it's been a name people have talked about simply because of the name, but you know, he's somebody that people have thought highly of, but he's not stayed healthy in his, his first two years that he was in Essendon and, you know, Massimo D'Ambrosio. I mean, it just, you know, it's, it, that's, that's the kind of name, you know, it, it, even without seeing him, it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, that, that, you know, that, female footy fans just by hearing that name are going to go oh, they're going to swoon for him just because of the name because of the name and you know hopefully he doesn't turn out to be you know the the guy from the goonies hey you guys <laughs> but, but you know that's a kid who when he's been healthy and he's played has played pretty darn well who might be able to slot in and help that defensive structure as well so he's somebody who you know was 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 a you know a high like kind of a low risk high reward 
kind mm-hmm. of a player to come onto the list this year. And it turns out to be really a smart move to add him in because he may find some time back there in that defensive setup as well now. I, I think he will, especially especially with Blank um, yeah. and his injury. I think there's definitely a role for him to play. And uh, I was just going to say, if the uh, the young teenage girls or the, the the younger women aren't swooning over him, I think Brian Taylor is definitely going to have some fun with his surname. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I kind of poked fun at uh, at yeah at and yeah, who knows? I'm probably going to meet him. Yeah, I may run into him by chance. It. It's something this year, and he's gonna punch me in the nose for it. But I, I joked that I said, you know, when he does, you know, the roaming Brian. Now that they're not reporting the weights anymore, that he's gonna he's gonna roll into the uh, into the changing rooms with a with a big scale like you'd see at a carnival, where he's gonna guess their weight and you know, hop up on there, you know, yeah, you had twenty four disposals. I think you're seventy two point five kilos. Oh, hey, you win a prize. Yeah, but, very funny. Yeah, I, okay, he's not gonna do that, but you know, it's uh. Yeah, looking at you, know, the the start of the season, you you've kind of got a, a a bit of a mixed bag. You know, you start out with Essendon, you got Melbourne, um, who by this point in time, it's been alluded to enough. I in my when I put out my my preview of my ladder prediction for this year, I am almost positive that Melbourne's going to be falling out of the eight. I, I think oh. I, I think I've got Melbourne dropping out of the eight this year on on my ladder prediction. And I, when I did my preview episode uh, with the D's, the person that I talked to who was a Mad D supporter off air said he wouldn't be surprised if it happened either. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think they're, I I think they're probably going to finish anywhere from the perhaps the bottom four, if not falling out of the eight. I, I think Melbourne's they. They seem to have their troubles uh, off the field as much as they do sort of on the field. But, yeah. um, you know, their, their midfield works really well, I think, when Clayton Oliver's firing. But at the moment, it just seems maybe uh, Clayton just needs to get his head right. And, and and obviously, we hope that he does. And it sounds sounds like things are, are going well so far. But, you know. That's right. Yeah. So, no, look, I, I think it's there's a high possibility that Melbourne could fall out. Fall out. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if Adelaide are the, the the major climber this year. I think that's a good, good possibility. Look, well, let's be honest; they they should have been there last year, uh, mm-hmm. but but they didn't bother review that that uh, that that kick. You know, you you know, you got the cats, the pies, and you know the Suns to finish out your first five weeks. So you've got you got a bit of a mixed bag. You've got a couple games that you you should be very competitive in. You know, you you're going to want to be competitive with Collingwood because it's Collingwood. You know, the Cats. I, I'm not sure the Cats are, and, and you can see I'm a Cat supporter. I'm not sure they're going to get back to the eight this year. I hope they do, but I think that I think the Cats are kind of at the point right now where the Hawks were, uh, like two years ago, and where Richmond was last year. They're going to have to make a. I, I think you're going to see a significant turnover on that list at the end of 2024. I think you're going to see probably a half dozen players who you know got premiership medals, multiple ones even that are going to maybe not be there anymore. Um, but it's you know, it is what it is. You know, but uh, you know, looking at your club, you know, you know there are some openings. Is you know, yeah, we we've kind of alluded to this already, but is there anybody else you think is going to push their way into the twenty-two that that maybe we haven't talked about yet that you're you're hoping to see them out there? 
I, I think Cam McKenzie is definitely one who's who's ready to take that next step. He I think he played about sixteen games uh, last year in his first season, which is which is a mighty effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think just with some of the 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 injuries that we've suffered, uh, I think with Dylan Moore, maybe well, we don't know when he's going to come back with um, with glandular fever. That could be anywhere from I guess a month to possibly even six to twelve, and hopefully it's it's not uh, a long drawn out illness yeah. for him. But I think Cam McKenzie is definitely one that can have a, a strong second year and and he's ready to take that next step and have a bit of a breakout year. And I think um, there's just in the way that he plays, I reckon there's a lot of similarities between him and Sam Mitchell, just in the way that he gathers the ball and that that inside uh, run that he offers. So Cam McKenzie's definitely one that I think could have a fantastic year. Okay. I, I, I keep hearing, and I've never bothered to look it up until just now, when you mentioned the glandular fever, um, because it doesn't get referred to that as that here in the U.S. You, you call know, it mono? We call it mononucleosis or the kissing disease, right. if you will. It's what is kind of the, the nickname for it here. So, um, yeah, I guess with all the fatigue that's associated with, well, you know, I I had mono when I was much younger, but I, I don't seem to recall that that's how I caught it. I just didn't <laughs> <laughs> I think I happened to just be in the wrong place at the wrong time and somebody coughed in my direction, but, uh, which is a damn shame by the way. Uh, but I, I'm not, I guess when it, it, you have to build that strength back up after that has just absolutely zapped it from you. So mm-hmm. like I said, I, I, I was never, I never bothered to actually Google what that was until that point in time. But I, you know, cause I've heard it plenty of times being talked about as that, but it's just like, okay, I'm not sure what that is, but okay. I can understand now why that might be a you know a, a month long to six or ten or twelve weeks to get your body back up to strength to go mm. compete at that high level. It, it makes complete sense now. That makes yeah. A lot and of I sense. think at its worst, I, I think it can even develop into chronic fatigue. So it's a yeah. it's a, it's a serious illness that um, that definitely needs that uh, recovery time. So yeah, hopefully uh, Dylan can um, can get back as quick as possible and. Uh, get his way back in the side because he's a, a key piece in our team, uh, especially as a vice captain. Mm-hmm. So, um, what is the the bold prediction that you want to make about the Hawks this year? The thing that 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 when somebody hears it, they're going to go, "Whoa, I might not have said that." Okay, if you really want to make it bolder, I, I would probably say. Uh, a top 10 finish in the Brownlow for John Newcomb would be sort of a, uh, a responsible prediction. But I think okay. if I'm going to, if I'm going to up it to a really bold prediction, let's, let's say top five Brownlow okay. finish for okay. John. And, uh, you know, I am, I am taking offers from, from supporters to send me uh, gear from their favorite club and hear me out on this. So I do not tip, their favorite to win either the Coleman or the Brownlow, because for the last two years, the players that I have tipped to win both the Coleman and the Brownlow have gotten hurt. So, okay. yeah, I mean, last year, yeah, we've had enough injuries, Craig. No, more. no, I know. That's why. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> last, last year it was Todd Marshall and Tuke Miller. Right. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, both of them and, you know, and, and somebody said to me, so well, Todd Marshall's not even the best goal kick on his team. And I said, well, that's tr- that may be true, but you know, Charlie Dixon was, you know, going to be out for quite some time. And I I'd, I'd watched him and he just looked like a, 
a really good, you know, you know, flyer to take on him. And that worked out really, really well. Um, so, you know, you kind of alluded to, you know, who you thought, you know, might be making it into the eight. Who do you see in your, you know, when the season ends up, who do you see in the top four? Who's who's going to be in the top four here? In in no order, uh, we'll say Brisbane, Collingwood, Adelaide, and Carlton. Ooh, Adelaide all the way up to in the four. Wow. Okay, that right there mm-hmm. is a bit of a bold call, also. And it, it may be you may be completely correct on it, but that's uh, yeah, I I think it's a club that might actually be playing finals as well this year. But that's you know that's that's a talented side. Um, that is. I like that. I like that. So the year has ended for the, uh, for the Hawks, you know, they, uh, and I'm hoping to get to see, I'm hoping to see them once and possibly twice this year. Cause you know, I'm, I'm, if, if I'm there when I think I'm going to be there, I'm going to get to see them play the cats down at, at GMBHA. And then the last week that I would be there, I'm either going to, I'm either going to, you know, take the ferry across to, um, Tasmania to go see the Cats play the Ruse down in Hobart or rent a car and drive over to Adelaide to watch the Hawks play the Crows. Oh, nice. You know, so I have to figure out which, first of all, I have to buy, I've been looking at tickets. I've, you know, I've got the money set aside for that. I just have to figure out where I want to go, you know, because then I'm going to explore, you know, possibly I'm, I'm, I'm going to certainly fly into Melbourne, but I may fly out of one of those two places to come back to the U.S., fly out of either Hobart or out of, uh, uh, Adelaide um, on the way home. So we shall see. But uh, um, what does the headline in the Herald Sun say about the Hawks after their final game of the season this year? After the final game. Whatever, whatever game that is, whether it's round 24 or if it's an elimination final or a prelim or the grand final, what does the headline say about the Hawks for 2024? Oh, I'm trying to be a bit creative here. Uh, let's go with the golden brown are back in town. How about that? Okay, okay, I like that. I like that. That works. I like I like the fact that it rhymes. Um, it's it's catchy. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of, of Hawks trivia before we wrap up here. But I wanted to talk about you know your podcast while I have you here because you know you you have a podcast that you know while you are a a hawk supporter you are also a mad supporter of another team the chicago bears and you do the the bears down under the bear down under podcast that's the one i forgot to take the s off of there so how did you become interested in the nfl and more specifically how did you become a bears fan so my interest in the nfl kind of started uh about 12 years ago and I was sort of looking for a bit of a something to fill the time between the the AFL season and I've always had an interest in cricket and will continue to do so but just uh, just needed something more and um, sort of stumbled across NFL and um, I started watching a little bit of it and sort of fell in in love with the game and uh, I think the year following um, had a trip to the States and went and saw the New York Giants and Washington Redskins um, play at MetLife, and and that sort of, I guess, amplified my interest in the in the game. And yeah, just really, it was just to fill the off season during the AFL, and and uh, the the love of the game sort of grew from there. And uh, the love for the Bears sort of came 
I, I grew up watching Michael Jordan and the Bulls and well, that whole sort of 90s era of the uh, the Bulls domination. And so I guess there was already a connection there with Chicago. Uh, but I also grew up watching John Hughes movies and uh, there's a lot of references to to the Chicago Bears in, in some of those movies with um, the vacation and mm-hmm. and all the rest. And and also watched a lot of Married with Children. So um, <laughs> I think it was one, one episode where Al Bundy played for the Chicago Bears after making a deal with the devil. And yeah, it was just sort of that. Just um, and I guess there's a I guess a sense of irony that uh, particularly with John Hughes, who's a highly successful uh, comedian or co- comedy writer, and right, right. Uh, the Bears, the Bears were a highly unsuccessful comedic football team. So um, it's it's been a, a tough ride as a Bears fan, but um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun as well, yeah. particularly connected with Bears fans on the other side of the world. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, and yes, they've been in, you know, they've been in the playoffs twice since you started following them, and you said 2012. I mean, they were, they were 10 and six back in 2012. You know, they've uh, the last three years, um, you know, with with Justin Fields um, as their quarterback, you know, they've won nine, 16 games and have lost 35. Um, but you know, they they more than doubled their win total this year from last year. But now they're, you know, they're in a position where, and it's not their pick. You know, they have the no, they have they have you know two picks in the top nine, um, including the number one pick that they got from the Carolina Panthers in a trade that the Panthers used to to uh, pick the uh, quarterback out of Alabama last year. Um, and then you know, speaking of coaches and contracts, you know, Carolina's coach didn't even last his first season there. They fired him mid-season of a, a season where they hired, you know, signed him to a, basically a five-year contract. I think he gets paid that entire entire contract to sit home. I mean, think think about that. You know, I'm going to get paid millions of dollars to go sit at home, or you know, yeah. go play golf, or you know, go hang out with my kids or grandkids, whatever the case may be. In in his case, I mean, it's uh, that's a tough job if you can get it. Yeah, it's a tough job if you're Brett Ratton, but oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Golf coach, uh, yeah, to be paid on the golf course, um, yeah. certainly take that. But yeah, it's it, it is certainly a a, a ruthless um, career choice being a, a a coach of a football team. So how are you? How is the podcast received by you? Because know, Chicago's a tough town. How how is the podcast received by? you know, Bears fans in the U.S.? Do you have, a, have you developed a, a solid following from them? Yeah, look, definitely uh, attracted some interest and and I have to sort of put my hand up. I've been a little bit slack with it, to be honest, but um, the the podcast itself, I, I wanted to do something a little bit different and really what, what I wanted to do was really sort of uh, go back in time and, and meet with like-minded fans to talk about a particular moment or mm-hmm. a certain player or a favorite player so it, it's more a historical podcast rather okay. than current day okay and certainly my favorite uh podcast that i've done so far uh was the one that uh that we did for mongo uh, mcmichael and at the moment it's um you know he's, he's obviously get, he, he's in a, a bit of illness at the moment i think with with maybe pneumonia so he's he's having having a bit of a tough time at the moment, but yeah, that that was definitely the favourite one that I've done so far. And um, fantastic news that he's he's finally found his way to the Hall of Fame. And mm-hmm. um, I guess we're kind of just hoping now that his health keeps him going up until that time when he can be inducted. Um, 
he's yeah he's he's, he's really struggling at the moment, which yeah. which is awful. Yeah, because he's dealing with ALS as well. You know, it's sure. uh, yeah. it's uh, um, yeah, it's a real that's a really tough tough situation there. But you know, it's you know he was he was a, he was an animal when he played, if you will. I mean, he was a really really good player when he was playing. Um, so let me ask you this question. Uh, if you are the general manager of, of the bears, you all <laughs> well, hang on. You've got that number one pick. Are you sticking with, have you seen enough from Justin Fields to think that if we put enough pieces around him, he could be our guy knowing that you're going to have to sign him to a, a much bigger contract here in a couple of years. Or do you trade that pick for multiple other picks? Or do you take, you know, you know, the you know, the, the kid who's arguably the you know the best player in the draft, the wide receiver out of, of Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, whose dad played with the Colts as a Hall of Fame player with the Colts. And I'm I'm Ohio State fan and he's he's a phenomenal receiver. I mean, you know, what are you doing there, sir? It's yeah, it's it's a really uh, dividing question at the moment. A lot of mm-hmm. a lot of Bears fans are almost at war over the the two choices. I think Justin Fields, aside from the last game, I think his last sort of five, four or five games, he really showed that he was training in the right direction. I think I'm probably going to run it with Fields one more, you know, for for one more run. Okay, and uh, and and go through, I guess the. The process of of getting a boatload of picks in exchange for that number one pick. Uh, I, I still do think there's some question marks on Justin, but definitely in the last few games, I, I thought he was he, he showed a lot of maturity mm-hmm. and and a lot of growth. Uh, I know there's still a lot of um, criticism about certain aspects of his game, but uh, I, I he he is a talent in, in himself, and I think it would probably uh, yeah that, that would be the way I'd go. Yeah, they they've not exactly rewarded him with a uh, a stellar offensive line. So he's had a lot of run for your life, you know, run for your life on three, hut hut hut. Oh crap, run! Uh, <laughs> you know, not even getting a chance to find you know find a receiver downfield or anything like that. But it's you know because he he played at Ohio State also. But it's you know he's I. I, I have a feeling that they're probably, you know, because Caleb Williams is the other, you know, kid who's, you know, probably the top quarterback coming out this year from Southern California. And, you know, he's not a, he's not your, you know, he's won a lot of games, but he's, he's also only, you know, six foot one. He's not, he's not a, your big prototypical six foot three, 220 pounds, stand in the pocket and, you know, throw the ball all over the field type quarterback. Yeah, he can throw the ball, but he still is, He's somebody that you know might be a little more fragile than than maybe they want them to be. That's right, and I know there's been a lot of question marks over more sort of Caleb Fields off field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to call them issues, but um, you know there, there's been a few sort of question marks over. Um, you know, I think the, the way that he sort of carried himself, yeah, um, character with, with stuff, some yeah, emotions and those sorts of things, but. Uh, it's it's an emotional game. I don't think you can really uh, criticize someone for that. But yeah, I, I do feel though that if you were to line the two up side by side, that I feel like there's probably more question marks on Caleb than there is on Justin. So, but it, look, it'll be interesting to see which way they go. Um, 
in, internally at the Bears, there, there seems to be that support for Justin, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what happens over the, the next. Yeah, and, and uh, you know they they month. you know they rolled they rolled Eberflus, the head coach, back out again. There's, there was some question whether or not he would be back, and that and that is, you know, there's there's that patience thing that we were talking about with you know the the owners of, of teams, you know, that they they tend to not survive a long period of time. You know, you know Matt Nagy did manage to get you know four seasons. Uh, John Fox ahead of him only got three. Tressman got two before him. Lovey Smith was there for quite some time. Um, but you know, it's a it's a it's a cutthroat game. It's you know it you know it's a multi billion dollar what have you done for me lately game. And you know, I'm a, I'm a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan. You know, so I trust me, I I understand pain. I I've, I've joked the fact that you know that they they won the NFL championship when I was a year old in 1964. So I've I've always said I you know. They want, they want it, you know, first time they, you know, they want it, they won the championship when I was in diapers and I hope I'm not back in diapers when they win another one. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's not, you know, um, but it's, it's a, uh, you know, as a, you know, as a fan of the AFL first and then the NFL, you know, one of the things that I've done with this podcast is try to convince my fellow Americans, if you will, to check out this game that they might have heard of, but have never seen because if if they because if they've seen it, if they if they see the game, and the thing that really catches the interest, you know, when I when I'll have a game on in the morning before the school day starts or something like that in my classroom, the thing that really catches the kids' attention is when somebody takes a specky and they're you know yeah. they're up on you know and they're like, they can do that. I said, Yeah, that that is celebrated. <laughs> they they give out an award for the best one of those each year, you know. So it's uh, it's it's interesting. And then when they see the size of the ground, you know, compared to an NFL field, you know, I, I'll I'll show them that little what is what is AFL thing, and it overlays the NFL field on top of the you know, like the 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 oval at the MCG, and they're like, "Holy cow, it's that big!" I said, "Yeah." I said, "These guys are some of these guys are running, you know, 12, 13, 14 kilometers a game out there. Mm-hmm. They're they are." you know, arguably the most fit athletes in the world. It's, uh, you know, maybe not some of the key forwards. Okay. Some of them may not be able to do that, but you know, those midfielders certainly are, uh, but you know, it's, uh, what would you say to, or what have you said to NFL fans who are listening to your NFL podcast about checking out the AFL? Have you, have you tried to broach that subject with them and encourage them to check out your first love? I have. In fact, uh, there's one um, fan in particular who lives in, in Canada who's starting to embrace Hawthorne, which is fantastic. Um, big shout out to TJ Brooks. He's a good guy. Uh, so I think when you when I've tried to explain it to, to Americans or Canadians, mm-hmm. uh, it's almost like a imagine ice hockey rules um, with, with, a, with a ball, really. It's just the way the game's played up and down, back and forth. I've sort of compared it to sort of that ice hockey style of play, um, but yeah, look, it's um, it, it, it's not for everyone. But you know, I think definitely what you're doing with with your podcast, Craig, is really promoting not just in in America, but um, I think you've you've got a worldwide following and you've done an amazing job. And um, big congratulations to you for all the work you've put into well, it. And, I appreciate um, that. Yeah, it's it's you know this this is my. Yeah, I love doing it. This is my hobby. This is this is how I spend my free time doing this. And I, I, I as I've said many times, I've 
I talk to more people that live in Australia that, that live in Australia than I do that live on my own street. And I've lived on this street for almost 30 years. And I, and I feel like I know more people in Australia than I do that, that live on my own street. You know, it's, uh, it's, it is, I think it's the greatest game on the planet. Uh, you know, it has so many aspects of everything else. I, and I guess, I guess I, you know, I've always described it as, you know, a combination of, you know, between like American football, rugby, cross country running, a little volleyball, mixed martial arts and calculus. I it never even register with me the hockey aspect of it, but you know, that makes a lot of sense. And I'd never, I'd never really applied the hockey part to it, but that, that does, that does, that does make a lot of sense there because you know, the, 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 the shape of the ground or the ice somewhat similar. There's an oval ish shape to, you know, a hockey rink. You know, there's not square corners where the puck's getting stuck in the corner. It's going to, it's going to zip around. I mean, it, that makes a lot of sense. I, I I like that analogy. I, I may borrow that one and incorporate that into into my thought process a little bit there. Check you off. <laughs> so where you know where can people find the Bear Down Under? You know, on your social media, or where can they find the podcast itself? Yeah, so I'm on uh, on X. Uh, handle is at a Bear Down Under. Uh, I, I do follow quite a lot of Hawthorne accounts and 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 tweet about Hawthorne quite a lot, which confuses a lot of the Chicago people that I'm connected with. They're not what the hell's he talking about? Um, but yeah, you can find me on X um, at a at a bear down under. Okay, okay, and you know the podcast itself is on. It's out on any of the any of the different podcast platforms. So Spotify, yeah, Apple. Good. Okay, good deal. Good, good deal. And I'll put a, I'll put a link to that in the show notes there as well. And I. You know, if you're if you are, you know, an Australian who is remotely interested in the NFL, I think, you know, getting, you know, a little history of the game or talking about the game, you know, from the vantage point of somebody who's new to the game, I, I think is is a great thing to do. And, 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 and that's kind of self-serving for me because it's kind of what I'm doing, you know, in terms of it with footy, because I've only been following footy since 2016. And, you know, I'm. I'm learning more about the game every single year. And, uh, you know, there are aspects of it. And, and I'll, I will never be so bold as to think that I, that I know more than any Australian about Australian football. I will, I will never, well, y'all you're wrong. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that to them because while they may, we may have a different difference of opinion. They are infinitely more informed about the game than I am because they, it's, it's in their DNA. Yeah. Yeah, and but, but having said that, I mean your your knowledge of of the teams and and what's happening at the moment is 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 incredible. So uh, you, you've definitely been able to sort of create that um, that space where people can get that information. And um, yeah, again, it's a credit to you, Craig, for uh, for how quickly you've well, been able to embrace the game. I appreciate it. That, I mean that that means a lot. I mean I I'm in a um... I record in a closet in a spare bedroom. I've converted that into my recording studio. So I have a desk in here and, you know, all kinds of cat stuff hanging up on the ceiling and all <laughs> around me. And uh, I've got old towels and such as uh, my sound dampening equipment over here on the walls and that sort of thing. And it's and I actually do my schoolwork here as well. So, I mean, I grade kids papers and such in here as well. So it's a, it's a, I come home, I come home and I go sit in a closet, got a whole house and I sit <laughs> in a closet. But uh, so before we wrap up, are you ready for some, Hawks trivia. I, I think so. <laughs> okay. We go. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes here. I mean, I, I, I have what? One, two, three, four, five, six. I have seven questions for you. 
Okay. Um, this first one here, the club, uh, the club had 10 players, all of them who played at least 16 games last year. It seems like a lot. They had 10 players who averaged 20 disposals per game last year. Um, I would, yeah, if you can name all 10 of them, I'd be impressed, but let's, let's see, let's see how you do on this list here. If I can name 10 of them, I'll be impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me let me look here. Let me go through the list real quickly. Uh, we've mentioned three of them. That's it. We've only mentioned three of them by name here today. Okay. All right. So ten. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, John Newcomb. There's one. James Sicily. There's two. James Warple. There's three. Yep. Okay. Uh, Will Day. Uh huh. Carl Amon. Carl Amon, yep. How are we up to now? We have five. Uh, you have one, two, three, four. You have five left. Okay. That's pretty impressive so uh, far. Blake Hardwick. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Jeez. Uh, John Epi. Yep. Down to three. Down to three. This is probably where I'm going to get caught, I reckon. Well, what you know what? One of these three you we have mentioned, and I did this was not this I forgot that you did mention this name. Two of them we did not mention, but one of them you did. Okay. I suppose I Dylan should even Moore. look and see if they're still on the list, also. Yeah, you because know, there may be somebody that's not even on the list anymore. Um okay, he's still on the list. He is on the list and Okay, they are all three still on the list. The three left. Um, yep. Moore, one of those. What's that? Dylan Moore. Dylan Moore. Yeah, you're down to two. I, I am. I am supremely impressed here. You, you could tap out if you want to, and you know, no shame in that. You've done really well here. Let's throw one more, and then I might tap out. Um, okay. How about CJ? Although I'm not sure if he played enough games. CJ is not on the list. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah, I reckon I'll tap out here, Craig. Okay. Connor Nash. Oh, of course. And Josh Ward. No, Josh Ward, I'm surprised by, but Connor Nash, I should have got that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had a great year. Yeah, it was it was uh I mean that that's that's the most out of the 14 previews I've done, that's the most players that have had 20 plus disposals per game out of all the clubs. I mean, that's uh you know. Some people, some people might say that that's the Tom Mitchell effect, uh, <laughs> to them. Uh, you know, the, the, the accumulator thing there, I don't know, but, yeah. <laughs> um, so besides Sean Burgoyne, who was the oldest player to play for the Hawks in the 21st century? Jeez. be shane crawford would it it is not uh uh-uh. it is not um it would have been in 2015 2015 and he was a defender brian like there you go yep 
33 years old. And, and 33 is not old. Yeah, you know, 30, Nine. 30, you know, 33 when you, you know, when you, when you consider like a Scott Pendlebury or a Sean Bergwin, that's, that, that's darn near prepubescent. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> well, I think we had, uh, Michael Tuck was 39, I think, by the time he retired. Okay. Yeah. That's, well, that was, that was much earlier though than, uh, than, than the, you know, the, than Burgoyne though. But okay. These two players led the club with over 90% time on ground in 2023. Uh, James Sicily would have to be. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you have mentioned the other one also today. I'm guessing it's probably a defender as well. It is. Uh, yeah, that that's a question where it's always a safe bet that it is not a midfielder. Okay. Go Jarman Impey. Sam Frost. Sam Frost. Okay. Yep. yep. All right. In in the club's history, did they win more games at Princess Park or at Waverly Park? In terms of like total number of games won, did they win more games at Princess Park or at Waverly Park? Let me go with Princess Park because we played there a lot during the eighties when we were really successful. And and that yeah, I'm going okay. Princess Park. Okay. Princess Park, they had 133 wins, one one draw, and 96 losses. Waverly, they had 140 wins and 71 losses. So Waverly they had almost a, a, a you know, a 0.667 winning percentage error at Waverly, almost at, you know, two out of every three games at Waverly. That wasn't bad. Go. Okay. This player led the club with an average of 5.6 one percenters in 2023. Uh, was it Connor Nash? It was not. It was unfortunately James Blank. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I put a little frowny face next to the answer, but you can't see that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, had I told you I put a little sad face there, you'd have known exactly who it was. Then. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's either Blank or CJ, one of those two. Yeah. So um, this 20, uh, this 21 game player had the lowest disposal efficiency percentage for the club last year. This is a name that we've mentioned quite a bit tonight. Or today. Oh, geez. And it was at 62.65%. Inefficiency. Yeah. His, his disposal efficiency was 62.6. So that was the lowest on the club. And he played 21 games. 21? Mm-hmm. Wasn't Carl Lyman, was it? It was not. Okay. Mm. Take another shot. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Go with Warple. Luke Bruce. That was Luke Bruce. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. The last question, and I, I am very confident you're going to get this one. <laughs> Who was the last player for the Hawks not named Jack Gunston or Luke Bruce to lead the club in goals kicked in a season? Uh, Jared Ruffhead. There you go. See, I told you. Yep. 38. I had to that one. If, I, if I missed that one, there should have been. Um, take your membership away. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Well, hey, um, you know, Ozzy, I, I, I can't thank you enough for, for, you know, setting some time aside to sit down and chat with me. This was a lot of fun. I'm, I, I, I love seeing, you know, we're, we're kind of opposite sides of the same coin where you're, you know, you're trying to promote the game here, which let's be honest, Australia has certainly done a, a much better job of embracing the NFL and encouraging people to embrace the NFL than the United States has done to even let people know that the AFL exists. It's been my, it's been one of my biggest frustrations in that, you know, well, we get many of the games, if not most of the games broadcast on television here, the, the channels that broadcast the game, they never tell anybody about it, you know, cause again, they're mm-hmm. on overnight. You're going to need to record them to watch them. Cause you're not going to be staying up, you know, to, to watch a game that starts at two 40 in the morning on the East coast of the U S unless you're a nut like me. Uh, but they they don't promote the game and i and i scroll through my social media and i see countless nfl posts and nfl related things that are coming out of australia if you and again yeah i've already given you one job today you were you were the gm for the bears here for a minute but if you were put in charge of trying to promote the AFL here in the United States, because we now have the NRL coming here to play games in Vegas in about a week or two weeks, whatever the case may be. And, you know, the AFL's decided, well, we're going to, we're going to sneak into, uh, into uh, New South Wales and Queensland and play games up there while the NRL is out of the country. Mm. It's an interesting approach. But uh, if you were in charge of trying to promote the game here, what would you do? Probably what the NRL are doing, to be honest. Uh, try and play a, a standalone round of games, whether it's you know two or three games before the season starts so that the players can get back and uh, resume um, the season because obviously the travel's an issue. But, yeah, I, I'd, I'd definitely be doing what the NRL have tried, uh, are about to do um, yeah. in Vegas and, and, and stage some, some games for points in, okay. in, in, in America, yeah. Yeah, and I, I know there was right before the, the year that COVID hit, there was actually supposed to be a game in LA. Essendon right. and GWS were supposed to come play over here. Um, and I was actually exploring how do I find a way to get to LA to go see that game. Um, wow. you know, the one the one the one drawback we have is you know having you know finding a ground that would facilitate that. But of course, you know, they're they're building a temporary stadium up in, in New York State for the international cricket competition uh this coming summer here in the US. And I did see that that tickets for I think it was tickets that were for I think the matchup between India and Pakistan, the tickets were going for like eighteen hundred dollars US for a ticket. Is that right? Yeah, a huge amount of money. Huge amount of money. So I'm not I'm not gonna be going to that, even though I've started watching cricket and really enjoying it. I'm not going to be, I'll watch that on television, but, uh, um, you know, they, you know, we've, they've constructed two permanent, uh, cricket grounds, one in Texas and one in North Carolina, you know, that each one of them seats about six or 7,000 people right now that, you know, you probably put some extra temporary seating around that, you know, if they would be willing to, to share the ground with the AFL, it would it'd be a great inroad. You know, it'd, be it'd, be, awesome. it'd be awesome to do that because because you know if an NFL fan discovers footy, it's a it's a great transition. 
Because if you're mm-hmm. if you're not an NBA fan, or you're not a hockey fan, you're not a baseball fan here in the U.S. 40, 40 season fits so nicely between the end of the NFL season and the start of the next one. It's it's like it's almost like it's a jigsaw puzzle and somebody designed it that way. <laughs> it's just it's just it's such a beautiful symbiotic relationship that the two of them have. And and we you know we've got to figure out how do we get more people checking out this game here because I think once they see it, they're gonna fall in love with it. Yeah, couldn't grow more, Craig. Yeah. Well, hey, Ozzy, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day, man, to sit down and chat with me. And again, this has been Ozzy from the Bear Down Under podcast. And uh I want to wish your Hawks all the best this year, at least in 22 of the 24 rounds, because they're double <laughs> up against the Cats this year. Okay. And, you know, I, I know I'm supposed, as a Cat supporter, I know I'm supposed to hate Hawthorne. I don't, ha- despite the fact that I have a sticker in the back uh, window of my van that says I support two teams, Geelong and whoever's playing Hawthorne, I don't really <laughs> mean, I don't really mean it. Uh <laughs> You know, some of the nicest people I've spoken to are Hawthorne supporters. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's, it's been so much fun, you know, meeting people and talking to them about this great game. And I am, I'm so appreciative of folks, you know, sharing their time with me to talk about this, this, this wonderful game as well. Yeah. And, and congratulations again, again, Craig, the, the podcast is kicking gold and uh, your, your love for the game is very infectious and um, you've done an amazing job promoting the game. So, um, yeah, congratulations and keep up the great work, mate. I appreciate that. I mean, that, that, is, uh, that is really, really kind of you. So, again, folks, uh, I want to thank Ozzy for coming on and uh, we will talk soon, sir. Thanks, Craig, and enjoy the season. Cheers. All right, Ozzy. Hey, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to sit down and chat with me. This has been a, a busy weekend putting together episodes. And uh, tomorrow, I'm off from school one more day before we go back. And tomorrow is going to be editing day. And I'm hoping to put out a, a bunch of episodes. I think I have eight now that are in the can. I have four more interviews to conduct yet. GWS, Essendon, Geelong, hmm, and Adelaide. And that's one that I've had to reschedule. Um, my guest had to get into work, uh, works in a hospital and got called into work. So hoping to get those uh, done and to you here very soon. Now, folks, remember, you can find everything about the podcast over at my website, iyankonthefooty.com. I do hope you'll subscribe to the podcast there. So when new episodes come out, they'll be in your inbox and your email within just a few minutes of when they're released. Uh, You can leave a review there. Again, if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy what I'm doing, I'd love to hear from you. I'd also, you know, if you want to leave a review, that would be a huge help. Gives me some street cred, if you will, with people who might wonder why is this American talking about our game? And it is your game, but I'm glad that you're sharing it with me a little bit. Uh, If you want to help out the podcast, you can certainly go to my uh, Redbubble store page, which is linked there, or click on that Buy Me a Coffee button and support the podcast that way as well. And I am coming to Australia in July if I can figure out all of the stuff to uh, fill out my uh, new passport application. It's interesting because uh, I spent quite a bit of time working on that today and ran into some things that really frustrated me with it. But uh, I'm going to stay away from some political commentary, but uh, they're sure checking up on me, but maybe not so much about other folks here. And that being said, we'll go ahead and move on there. So again, I do hope you'll subscribe. I hope you'll share the podcast with your friends and family. And if you enjoy it, like I said, leave a review. Ladies and gentlemen, Look out for one another. Check up on your friends. Make sure they're okay. Tell them you love them. If you need to talk to somebody every single episode, you're going to find those numbers in the show notes of this podcast. Please reach out. Please reach out. The world is a much, much better place with you here. Talk to somebody. 
Okay. Don't stay silent. Reach out. All right. I appreciate the kind words from everybody. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. And this has been episode 311 of a Yank on the Footy. Again, don't forget to you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or X or yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. I am not on TikTok. That might be another political statement there, actually. Again, thanks for listening, folks. And I do hope you'll share the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, cheers and goodbye.